presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Like a phantom vessel, the Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, moves southward toward Panama through a shroud of gray and swirling fog. Aboard her, encountering many mysterious adventures, are Clark Kent and young Jimmy Olsen. The greatest of mysteries has been that of the Whistler, a sailor who many years ago was washed overboard in a storm and who is said to return to the Clara M. at night, walking her decks whistling. But in our last episode, Jimmy Olsen discovered the Whistler to be a boy of his own age who has been a stowaway on the clipper ship. A fight ensued between the stowaway and Jimmy, a fight which ended in both boys falling overboard locked in each other's arms. Supporting the unconscious boy, Jimmy tried valiantly to swim to the Clara M., but without success. Slowly, the red and green riding lights of the ship slipped into the thick fog, and were gone. Meanwhile, aboard the clipper, Clark Kent and Pegleg Teak Barnaby are walking the wet deck. Listen. Strange, Barnaby. Very strange. I was so sure I heard a cry for help coming to us out of the fog. Well, fog's a peculiar something, Mr. Kent. Makes you hear things that ain't there. Now come away from that rail and stop staring off into the soup. There's nothing you heard but your imagination. Uh, Jimmy ought to be on deck by this time. He went below to get a flashlight. You better get up toward the forward companionway. I said I'd meet him there. Well, there's a forward companionway just ahead, Mr. Kent. You can just make out the light from the doorway shining yellow in the fog. Yes. Fog seems to be getting worse, Barnaby. Can't see a hand two feet in front of you. Eh? I've sailed the seas a lifetime, Mr. Kent. And I've yet to see it thicker than this. Fit to slice it in. Now, here's a forward companionway and no sign of the line. No. Uh, Barnaby, you go on with the search for the whistler. I'm going down to Jimmy's cabin. Thank you, Mr. Kent. We'll run into each other again somewhere around the deck. Right. See you later. Jimmy's room. Huh. Door's open and the oil lamp is lit. Jimmy's not here. Oh, funny he wasn't... Wait a minute, what's this? Chair knocked over? Package of bicarbonate of soda spilled all over the floor? Hello, what in the world? Why, there's another room next to Jimmy's. More a closet than a room. Oh, sliding panel. What's this lying on the floor? Something wrapped in a large piece of oiled silk. No time to examine it. Something's happened to Jimmy, I'm sure of it now. And that cry for help coming through the fog astern of the Clara M. Of course. This is a job for Superman. Gotta get on deck. I've gotta get there fast. Now then. Jimmy's out there somewhere. He either fell or was thrown overboard. That was his cry for help, I heard. Well, fog or no fog, I'll find him. Up! Up! And away! Just give Clara M. Must be 
be a mile away. Hello. Well, it's heavy. <laughs> Coming too. Take it easy. Stay on your back in the water. I've got my hand under your chin. You can't sink so long as I keep it. Oh, trying to save me. Trying to save us both. You'll never make it. Not with me, you won't. Just let me go. Shut up. I ain't afraid. I honest, I ain't. It'll be over quick. Shut up. I can't swim. Oh, going down. Sweet. I won't cut. Oh, my arms. Getting tired. Can hardly lift them. We're going under. Going under. to pierce this fog. Don't see a thing on the water. Not a sign of Jimmy. Well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I only thought I heard that cry for help. And Jimmy's safe aboard the Clara M. Yeah. There's the foghorn of the Clara M. Must be all of a mile from here. If Jim had fallen or was pushed overboard, he wouldn't be any further away than this. Well, I haven't spotted him, so I must be wrong. Better return to the ship. I'll swing around. Wait. There below. Thought I saw two heads bobbing on the surface. Two. Wait. There they are again. Two people. And they're fighting. They're going under. Gotta dive for them. Down. Down. Dark down here under the water. Almost pitch dark. Wait. There they are. Sinking. Still locked in each other's arms. I got him. Now, up, up to the surface, and fast, up. Leaving from the fog-bound water, Superman speeds toward the Clara M, carrying the unconscious forms of Jimmy and the unknown stowaway in his arms. Meanwhile, the ship's crew, after a fruitless search for the whistler, gather in the forecastle. It's like I've always said, the whistler is a phantom, a will of the wish. Hey, good luck, one, that superstitious duck. Just because you can't find the whistler doesn't mean to say he's a spirit. Yeah, what do you know about it? We've been over this tub looking for the whistler two times and we ain't never seen him. Uh, ain't that right. proof enough that he don't exist in flesh and blood? What do you say, Limey? I'm not saying a word, not a plumbing word, I ain't. I've had my say. And what happened? Just when I did you all the victory, when we could have taken this here ship and sailed it where we pleased, you all turned tail and joined up with Barnaby again. Uh, sure, I believe the whistler's a spirit. But I ain't saying a word about it, not one blooming word. Well, it's just myself that says let's go to Barnaby and demand to be set ashore at the nearest port. Right, and if so Barnaby refuses, right. I'll... All right, Mr. Kent. Bring him in here. Oh, the saints in heaven. It's the captain himself carrying a lad in his arms. Hey, and with Mr. Kent behind him, a carrying young Jimmy. Hey, good lush one up here. So they ain't grounded out of there. Oh, still breathing, both of them. Oh, cool. Mr. Kent and me found him on deck. How they got there is beyond me. Also was near us, so we brought him here. And clear them bunks off. Oi, oi, lend a hand. Must have fell overside, both of them. Hey, but if they fell overside, how did they get on board again? And who's the other lad? I don't know. Can't understand it. There's been a lot of things happening around here I can't understand. Jimmy's coming around. Finally, you better work over that other boy. Hey, lay to here, lad. Let's get your key out of his stomach. Oh. All right, Jimmy. Easy does it. Mr. King, what 
the other boy. The fellow with me. Well, he's all right, too. Nothing to worry about. But, but how do we get here? No, huh? no, no. We'll talk about that later. Right now, you've got to rest. Hold on, me buckle. No, in that. Better that. <laughs> Waltz and whales. You sure swallowed enough water. Where am I? All, all right, son. Now, draw some breath. Hey, I'm alive, ain't I? I didn't drown. You come close to it, and you can lay to that. Now, what were you doing oh. aboard the Clary? Now, let me handle this, Barnaby. Son, what's your name? Mike. Mike Flanagan. But all the guys call me Pug. Hey, where's me pal? Hey, the guy would save me. Whatever he is. She thanked a million, pal. If not now, for wait you... wait a minute, Pug. Wait a minute. How did you get on board the Clara M? I stole away. I've been hiding in that secret closet in me pal's cabin. Jimmy's cabin? Yeah. Is that his name? Hiya, Jim. Hiya, Pug. How did you find the secret closet? Well, I got into the cabin before anybody came aboard. I leaned against the wall in my hand and to see a secret panel slid back. Secret panel? Waltz and whales? And you've stowed away ever since? Yeah. And nobody would have found me. Only tonight I caught the chicken from the galley. I guess I ate it too fast. I hadn't had nothing to eat in a long time and Jimmy clamped. Jimmy here heard me moaning. Yeah, but never mind all this. He saved my life. Where is he? Let me go to him, huh? Take it easy, fella. I'm okay. Yeah, but he saved me life. Even after I tried to knock you off. Oh, go on. You wouldn't have... Yes, I would. I'm like that. Anything, anybody gets in the way, uh, I... this chicken you stole from the galley, how did you manage it? I whistled outside the galley and scared the cook. He ran out of the galley to get help, and I went in and took the chicken. Yeah, do you mean to say, laddie, yeah. that you Yeah, I've been making believe I'm the whistler. I heard you guys talking about him, so I made out I was him. But just to get food, see, I didn't mean nothing by it. Except one night, Jimmy came after me. Followed me up the rigging. And I had a jump in his hands till he fell. Yeah, but there's something funny I got to say. You told not... enough. You told enough. Well, men, you see where your superstition has gotten you all? Here's your phantom whistle for you. A stowaway. Now maybe you'll realize what fools you've all been. Well, tis me myself that's saying I was in the wrong. And I reckon the whole crew will join me in them. <laughs> <family. laughs> well, I'm glad to see you men have regained your senses. Now, perhaps we can continue our cruise around the world in peace. Yeah, but listen, there's something you got to know. That's enough for that mm. later, lad. Right now, you need rest. Yeah, but you don't understand about the whistler. Well, what about the whistler? Well, I'm not the whistler. Not the real one. All anyway. right, lad. All right, now. Just take but it I easy. But I tell you, I'm not. I just made believe I was when I needed food. But there is a whistler. A real one. On board this ship. I know. I heard him myself. What do you mean, you heard him? Well, it looks as if the mystery of the whistler isn't solved after all. But it will be in our next episode, so be sure to hear it with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Well, what do you make of this, uh, Superman business? Episode 180, The Last of the Clipper Ships, 14, April 4th, 1941. Welcome to the Superman Radio Revisited Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And you know who else is going to co-host this episode? My mom! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Mom. I'm going to introduce Karen. Hi. As nice a, to be here. Oh, thank you again. So as I record this, it is Mother's Day 2023. And so I decided this would be a good opportunity to make a Mother's Day special. And there is no better co-host for this episode. And there's another reason to have my mom as a co-host. And that is that her birthday is on April 4th. So she is now part of the birthday program on the show. And to be clear, she wasn't born in 1941. Oh, yes, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was uh, born in the 40s, but not in 1941. So. All right, yeah. And as I hope to have you back in subsequent years um, on different episodes, because there's definitely some stuff I want to talk about. Okay. But uh, overall thoughts on this episode? Just let you go ahead and begin okay well the thing that i noticed right off was that superman did reveal a kind of a vulnerability in his powers as he couldn't really see through that fog like even though he had x-ray powers uh he wasn't getting a clear picture through the atmosphere that's true and yeah, I've talked about before in different episodes how I think maybe the, I call him Earth R Superman for the radio, might not have the same power set as the comics Superman. I can't think of him like ever looking through solid objects. Oh, okay. And the show has said he could see through like snowstorms, sandstorms, and um, darkness, but underwater kind of yeah and maybe the all the moisture in the fog would cause prisms and who knows just distort the view very so. true even with my eyes it's hard to pierce this fog well it just i can't help but feel so uh sad for jimmy using every ounce of his strength to hold up a boy who doesn't even know how to swim and to see the lights of the ship just keep getting fainter and fainter as it gets further away but yet he seemed so brave and uh, then when superman did finally get there to rescue it was just in the nick of time yeah he said he saw two heads bobbing mm -hmm. and from superman's perspective he didn't even know about this second boy. True. Uh, and behind the scenes, she hasn't heard like the prior episodes of this story arc. Right. Well, I felt that Jimmy was really displaying a wonderful bravery. He absolutely was. And here's another fun fact. Um, you know why that other boy is unconscious? They were fighting? They were fighting, but uh, Jimmy actually strangled him. Oh, I see. Because, he had a good reason, though. Because 
the other boy was, was struggling fighting, so much yeah. and flailing around. It is very, very hard to rescue a person that is drowning uh, or or cannot swim. Panicking. And scared and panicking. And yeah. I think he got water in his throat, too, so. Uh-huh. And many times uh, that can take down both. The, that person and the rescuer. So right, but I agree, and I mentioned that last episode how Jimmy's just being super, or was being heroic anyway. Mm-hmm. And so as Superman scoops them both up and and does get them on the ship before they're back, before we catch up with Superman again, we did have some talking going on among the other crew members and the boats hold. And we had, like in prior episodes of this story arc, we've been introduced to such characters as Captain Hawkins. He's not on the ship anymore. Teak Barnaby, who's the captain now. And we've had Irish and Swede. Somebody called Limey. (laughs) Slimey, yep. And Sam the Cook was introduced. But I heard a different voice in this segment that I just had to clip out because I thought this guy sounded kind of funny. Just because you can't find the whistler doesn't mean to say he's a spirit. Yeah, what do you know about it? We've been over this tub looking for the whistler two times and we ain't never seen him. Uh, Ain't that proof enough that he don't exist in flesh and blood? What do you say, Limey? I'm not saying a word, not a blimmin' word. Well, is that a true Brooklyn accent or what? Really, I, I don't know. <laughs> I actually, like labeled that street tough, thinking yeah. is this guy from the mafia like or the old, a mob? Yeah, yeah. he sounds sounds like an old Jimmy Cagney uh, character. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, the kind of the kind of voice or character you'd hear in a lot of the other storylines mm-hmm. that take place in mm-hmm. Metropolis, probably. Or, but this is such a departure. This last of the Clipper ships story. So. It was just kind of fun. He stuck out. But I, we never got his name, but I'm guessing that was yeah. the first time I heard that guy in this story arc anyway. But is there... Where do you want to go next with our conversation? Well, uh, it seemed like the boys, though they were fighting as they fell overboard, when they uh, came out of their uh waterlogged state they were fast friends which was nice they were very concerned about one another's welfare so uh they and they'd gone through this whole adventure and they were saved and now they're friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see as it goes if that stays the same maybe it won't but i i think (laughs) i don't know i just thought that was cute yeah, that boy was a stowaway in a hidden part of the ship. Mm-hmm. So that's where they picked him up. And now they've all discovered him. And we find out his name. We can quit calling him that boy or the boy. I was, I was doing that in my last episode. Yeah. It, Michael Flanagan. And he goes Irish. by Pug. Yeah, mm-hmm. an Irish name, it seems. But you mentioned, too, like you thought this before we started recording, just maybe like he was... Brooklyn, you're picking that up? Well, yes, his accent was not an Irish lilt at all. It was, uh, sounded like uh, he was just maybe a street boy in uh, New York or something like that. Yeah, and the Clara M. did depart from 
Metropolis. Mm-hmm. So kind of telling us that Metropolis is probably a harbor town in the radio serial. Right. Like it's been portrayed in, in comic books as well. So I always like to think of it as probably East Coast. And he talked with a real hard scrabble kind of way. Like he probably was an orphan boy living on his own wits mm-hmm. in the street. Uh, scraping. Could be he was on the lamb and that's why he jumped yeah. on this ship. Yeah. Really. Just trying to hide out, get away, sail to Panama. Right. He probably didn't even know where the ship was going, but he had to get out of wherever mm-hmm. he was. So anyway, that's the, we'll find out more about him as the story arc goes, I suppose. But there's something I wanted to say, uh, like Teak Barnaby has started saying waltzing whales in this episode. Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> That's like, I don't know how many times he said it, but... Several. <laughs> he seems to have had, like, different catchphrases. <laughs> like, when we first started, uh, it seems like he would say, blow me down, and, and oh. you can lay to that, is another one, another thing he says, but... Uh, yeah, so, I heard him say waltzing whales several times. <laughs> but I just want to say, like... You were able to live in Hawaii for a time when Dad was stationed there. True. And you've been able to visit since. And, like, you had an aunt that lived there, so you were able to visit. And your parents lived there for a time. And I've been able to visit Hawaii, the beautiful Aloha State. And I've heard Maui is a great place to see whales give birth in the bay. Like, so I want to go back sometime and see... Uh, Maui in February is like the best time. Oh uh, yeah, that would be. Pro- I I I don't really remember I, how their seasons were, but it's not the same as the mainland. Well, we were on a, a tour one time. Yeah, yeah, and you were stationed on Oahu when mm-hmm, you were there. We but, were on Oahu, but we were able to do this boat tour, and we saw like. I just remember hearing somebody say, like, it's like whale soup. but but <laughs> So you could see all these whales. So anyway, if that's the pl- best place to see whales give birth, I wonder where the best place is to see them do the waltz. I don't know. <laughs> I know they have a lot of uh, whaling uh, tourist, you know, expeditions going out from Maui. Yeah, and, and whenever we're there... Uh, highly recommend seeing it but that's it's beautiful in hawaii but anyway that was just uh my attempt at being funny there yeah funny (laughs) but anything else you want to mention in this one uh well just sailors in general they seem to have their own uh little you know uh, words, how they speak, uh, they are different little phrases that they use that aren't landlubber ways of talking. Right, and I think you would enjoy this story arc, like if you start at the first mm-hmm. episode, because there's definitely some characters, and you 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 quickly find out why they call Irish Irish, oh. <laughs> because he's he plays into like the Irish stereotypes and such, but and. Yeah, Teak Barnaby is a hoot. And Jimmy, even in the first episode, he's really trying to act like he's a seaman mm-hmm. or sailor. And 
So just to go from there, we could probably talk about something was wrapped in oiled oh, yes. silk. yes. My ears pricked up when I heard that. <laughs> there was Superman saw something in that a walled-off compartment that was a secret compartment. He saw something that was wrapped in boiled... Oiled silk? I thought it was boiled Oh, maybe. Silk. I thought but it, it might have been oils. I don't know if that's something to make it waterproof or, uh, or what. I don't but. know, but that pricked, I, my ears pricked up at that, so I wonder what that was. And that is probably, my conjecture would be that it is why Teak Barnaby wants the Clara M. Because this guy, like in the first episode of this story arc, he wants the Clara M. And oh. He wasn't, like, originally part of this. Well, he acted like that compartment was a secret to him when he heard about it. And I wonder if it was, or if he was just pretending. Yeah. And Uh, so, of course, Clark Superman couldn't do anything because he was, you know, scrambling, trying to find Jimmy at the time. So, what that... Definitely seems like it's something that's gonna play into future episodes. It's gonna, though. yeah, it's gonna come up probably in the next episode. And knowing that the boy isn't actually the real Whistler, is he's trying to tell people, and Teak Barnaby is is just trying to shut him down. He doesn't mm-hmm. seem to want to. Let oh yeah, him talk. he wanted him to be quiet there, didn't he, he? Yeah, acting like he's. That's enough. If you tell all, don't tell all that, boy. Yeah, why don't you get your rest? <laughs> so. I think maybe Teak Barn. I thought maybe he was the whistler. But the whistling at the end. Uh-huh. And he was standing right there and he wasn't whistling. Right. So, so yeah. it could be it's a recording or an accomplice. Or he has an accomplice. Either way. Yeah, we just have to wait and see. <laughs> right. Yep. And we'll have to see how that plays out. But he's definitely shady. And see, the legend of the Whistler is actually that somebody fell off the Clara M years ago. And that's why I was like, well, it can't really be this Michael Flanagan pug. No. And the we know... Uh, and so that supposedly his spirit comes back to the ship at night. Yeah, it's a big superstition. Yeah. and But I... Because it was years ago, I thought maybe that's Teak. Maybe he lost his leg, he has a peg, wooden leg, and maybe it's the fact that uh, Captain Hawkins doesn't recognize him, maybe he just looks so much different. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I'm still thinking maybe it's Teak Barnaby. But that can, if there's anything else you have to say about no, this episode? No, but I think that this just opened up some more, just a can of worms for watch, listening more finding out where this is going oh and since we have you as our guest do you have you ever heard the superman radio serial aside from my podcast uh no i didn't uh when i was a child though my mother would treat us with comics and I wish that I would have them now. But oh, I don't. man. Yeah, you don't but, even uh, know how much I wish you had them. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do. I probably told you. used to be able to you. buy them for a dime. And, you know, like every once in a while, she'd just bring home a comic. 
and uh, we had this little hassock and I kept them all in there and boy did my friends I don't think their mothers were that nice because they always <laughs> wanted to read my comics when they came over <laughs> so they were well read well yeah and that's probably a big reason why I'm such a geek because ever since I don't I can't remember a time comic books weren't in my life and I think you just had like a a little box full of comic books yeah. and so yeah. I would just look read through those and uh, uh and then when you were young that's when the uh Superman movies started up Yep yep and uh you were just that age that it just caught your attention so hard yeah. And uh, we enjoyed them too. We we would go to the near local theater and get up in the balcony and watch them. And I thank you for taking me to the movies all those years. <laughs> and so I'm glad that now that I'm old and have a job, I can take you to the movies once in a while. So nice. we'll we'll have to do that. that. Yep. And I just would like to say thanks again for being my guest. Happy Mother's Day. I love you you too and thank you for having me absolutely so <laughs> oh there is one question i did have though so uh, a trick question at the end hey right it's uh so we find out in this episode that jimmy is the same age as the other boy and yes. that was revealed to be 14 last episode so i was just wondering okay. when i was 14 if that would have been cool if i just went on this Cruise around the world. Oh my! <laughs> on the last of the clipper ships. Oh my goodness! No, <laughs> that would have been really hard for me. It's all right. Um, Clark Kent's going with me. Yeah, and you've been through a lot of scrapes with him. I, for me, in the modern, in our modern times, uh, it would be hard. But I don't know what. I don't know that. Back in that day, uh, I know Jimmy was probably making some money at the Daily Planet, and maybe their family really depended on that. He probably had a pretty good job, and maybe <clears throat> maybe his family's finances uh, needed it. Yeah. But I, it would be very hard. I think, for a mother to let their 14-year-old boy. But, you know, back then, maybe 14 was thought of as being a lot more grown up. Yeah, and Jimmy's mom, from what we've heard, like in the storyline when Jimmy was introduced, I think she owned a candy shop. So who knows how much money she's pulling down and, and to have that sure. extra income he can bring in. I don't think his dad's really been mentioned, so. Well, yeah, we don't even really know if he had a job. And so, yeah, I think. Or was around that much. Mm -hmm. So it might be that it was, it was a thing where they were kind of dependent on that salary. Right, and his, Jimmy can be pretty tenacious and probably begged and begged oh, and probably, to go. Yes, and he sticks in with what he wants, that's true. And the, then the, <laughs> the fact that... It's pretty yeah. persuasive. <laughs> and his mom's probably like, oh, that Clark's such a nice man. And and he, yeah. he'll look out for him. Yeah. So. 
if only she knew how he does. <laughs> yeah, right. And in in this series, I've I've thought to myself like, why doesn't Clark just take Jimmy and fly him away and then come back? But I know why because it's more exciting to have yeah. Jimmy there and and heck, we had a really great fight in the last episode between the two boys. So, mm-hmm. and you don't really have that with Superman because he's just he just True. politely uh, kicks other sailors' asses at one point in the in the episode. Mm-hmm. So he's like, anyway. So thanks again, yes, and, you're and that's just what I wanted to ask you. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and. I will probably in the our commentary now, but then I'll go ahead and go into the feedback. Very good. Okay. Bye all. I want to say thank you to those that retweeted the last episode, including Irredeemable Shag at Once Upon a Geek, Dave's Comic Heroes blog at Dave's Comic Hero, JP Roca at OD Fashion Outlaw. Russell Bragg, at R.E. Bragg, and Ed Moore, at Teal Productions. And Ed is one of the co-hosts of the Superman Super Show, which is a great podcast that is covering the golden age of Superman comic books. And his co-host, Stephen Orr, I want to say thank you to as well for sharing the last episode on Facebook. And thank you to all that liked listened and shared last episode it is the best way i feel to grow my listening audience so please tell your friends about the superman radio revisited podcast you got a galloping tongue if you have comments questions or feedback you can send an email to earthrsuperman at gmail.com I'm on Twitter, at Radio Superman, and there is a Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group I would love you to join. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. The theme song was Lament of the Last Clipper by Man's Ear. In all, clips and music used is copyright the respective copyright holders. Up, up, and away! Imagine a podcast that celebrates the things we love. Why spend time being so angry and cynical about our fandoms? Join me, the Irredeemable Shag, for a show where we're just trying to be happy. The Once Upon a Geek Podcast. Our discussions focus on a variety of geeky subjects that we're passionate about. While the topics will be ever-changing, our focus will be on science fiction, comic books, what it means to be a geek in this world, and other nostalgia-fueled ideas. Life is short. Focus on the positive. Find your joy. The Once Upon a Geek Podcast, part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network.